Welcome to the SOAR podcast. Thank you for your support. If you want to continue to support this podcast, there are a few things you can do for me. Please like, subscribe, and share. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would give me a five-star rating. And if you really feel motivated, go ahead and write a review. So welcome to SOAR, the Sisters Overcoming and Rising podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie, your host, and I'm here to help women overcome limiting beliefs so that they can live their best lives. Sisters, come together now, come together now. It's time to help each other out, help each other out. It's time for transformation, time for healing. You've got the potential, you've got the power now. Sisters, overcoming and rising. Our topic, the pain is real, but the promise is eternal. What to do when God's will hurts? My special guest is Whitney Hogans. Whitney Hogans, known professionally as Whitney J, is a woman chasing after the heart of God. She's a mother, an Amazon best-selling author, a motivational speaker, educator, adjunct professor, publisher, radio personality, and so much more. Whitney J. holds an Associate of Arts degree in Ethics from Mid-America Christian University. Whitney J. has served in the role of special education teacher in addition to her other roles. Whitney J.'s purpose is to share the goodness of Christ in an honest, raw, and authentic way and to empower others to live in their truth. Whitney J. has done presentations in the field of education, as well as ministry-based public speaking, and also hosts a weekly radio show, the She Heals Radio Show on Awesome God Radio. She is the author of The Pain is Real, But the Promise is Eternal, What to Do When God's Will Hurts, and the owner of the She Heals Publishing, LLC, where she coaches aspiring authors to birth books. Whitney J. resides in Maryland with her two sons, Quincy and Kevin, and dog Angelo. Hi, how are you? I'm good. It's good to it's good to see you. I feel like I have a celebrity on. Uh, I feel like I'm always admiring you from afar. You have a really successful radio show and a publishing company. And I just want to be like you when I grow up, even though you're much younger than me. <laughs> that is all God, all God. <laughs> yes. But I, I am very excited that you took the time out to have this conversation with me. And the topic of today's conversation is the pain is real, but the promise is eternal. What do you do when God's will hurts? And that's also the title of your book. So first of all, I, w- I just love the title and the cover art. But I would just love to hear in your own words, your story. Yeah, so the, the pain is real, but the promise is eternal is a word that God gave to me way back in February of 2013. <laughs> I will never forget the day I was laying on the floor of my bedroom, crying out to God, having a full on tantrum. <laughs> it was not pretty. It was ugly. And I basically said to God, you better say something to me. 
I know that's very bold and very rude, but I'm just being honest. That's mm-hmm. where I was. Mm-hmm. And God gave me those words. And so I had to live it. I had to bleed it. You know, um, we talk about in the body of Christ all the time, like, oh, God's will is perfect. But, but what happens when, when God's will hurts and when it's mm-hmm. difficult? And for me, I went through an incredible season at a really young age of dealing with my husband, um, being sick. He needed a double lung transplant. My husband ended up passing away 20 days before his 31st birthday. So at age 25, I became a widow and a single mom to two boys, ages five and two. And my two-year-old was diagnosed with autism two months before my husband died. So at that time, I'm 25. I'm working as a special education assistant. I'm in school full-time to get my degree in special education. And now I am dealing with the loss of my husband, who was the love of my life, my best friend, and then trying to figure out how I'm going to support both of my kids who Mm -hmm. have two totally different needs. And I'm just looking at God like, I thought when I gave my life to you, things was going to get better. (laughs) It seems like things are getting worse. And the words that he gave me that night where I was just having a really tough time, you know, it was about seven or eight months after my husband had died. It was just a rough night. And he just said, the pain is real, but the promise is eternal. Mm -hmm. And God led me to write this book because I feel like we don't talk enough about the realities of our walk with God. You know, we love to give that beautiful testimony at church. You know, it looks so good. And we tell what the problem is and we tell what God did and everybody claps and is happy. But there's a huge part that happens in the middle of that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? (laughs) That we don't like to talk about. (laughs) And, And sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes the testimony isn't you know, that God delivered or that God healed on this side of heaven. Sometimes it's different. I think that we have to talk about how do we recover when God's will really does hurt? Absolutely. That is a, uh, wow. I mean, just thinking about all of the things that you were faced with at one time and being so young, I can imagine just, you know, crying out to God in that moment. And the word that he gave you was not just for you. It was for you in that moment, but now that word has gone on to bless so many other people. And I'm just grateful that you were able to see that and that you were obedient to that, even in your own pain. And one of the things that I really love about the topic of the book is that even though some of us have not suffered the type of loss that you've suffered, we have all suffered some sort of disappointment and pain. Sure. And like my grandmother used to say, if you haven't, just keep on living, right? Right. (laughs) Uh So I think this is something that we can all relate to. So I would love to hear what are some of the ways in your book that you advise readers or help them deal with that disappointment and pain? Well, I think that the first thing that you have to do is acknowledge that it's there. We don't heal until we reveal, right? You got to say it. (laughs) And I think that a lot of times we think that because we love God, because we serve God, that we can't come to him. And the biggest misconception is that we can't approach God. God already knows how we're feeling. So we can try, you know, we can go to church on Sunday, you know, when church was open. (laughs) And we could shout and we could look good. We could play the part, right? And many of us have done that, right? Myself included. We've gone on Sunday and we've played the part. But God knows our heart. He knows what we're really struggling with. So the first thing is to give it to him and and sit with it. You know, we sometimes think that we have to 
you know, we just pick ourselves up. And, you know, I had someone say to me, like, you could handle this situation because you're just so strong. You can handle everything. And I said, I cry every single day. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me like, you do? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm in therapy every week. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's important to just be where you are. You know, the word tells us God will meet us exactly where we are. So you have to give him the pain. You've got to give him that thing that's troubling you. And you got to give it to him raw. God does not need a performance. He does mm-hmm. not need us to come and we're dressed all nice and we use our $10 vocabulary words and we quote scripture in the Greek and Hebrew. He yep. doesn't need any of that. He needs a heart that is submitted to him and someone that's willing to be honest. And so the, the question becomes, how intimate are you with God? You know, it's just like dating. When you first start dating someone, there's certain things you're not going to do around that person, right? You're never going to not be around them and your hair is not done or you're not dressed right. You're not going to burp or belch or things. But as you get closer in a relationship, you fast forward a couple of years, you're married, you've been together 20 years. You don't mind them seeing you with your hair in a bonnet, right? Mm -hmm. Because your intimacy level has changed. And so that's what it has to be with God. We have to get closer to him and we have to give him our pain. The other thing is we have to submit to the process. There's no shortcuts. I wish I could tell you, you know, right now I'm trying to lose some extra pounds that I have put on because I've been eating real good (laughs) since we've been home. And, you know, you can try all of the the things of the world, right? All the products and all of those things. But at some point in time, you're going to have to eat right and exercise. There's no getting around that. Yeah. Right. So I can do all of these things. And okay, for this month, all I'm going to do is eat lettuce, (laughs) you know, but at some point I'm going to have to have a consistent posture of eating well, drinking water and exercising. And so we have to go through the process, whatever that process is that God requires, we have to submit to it. And in order for us to hold on to the promises, you know, because that's what keeps us comforted when we're in the process, we have Mm -hmm. to know what they are. We've got to get in the word and we have to know what God promised you. You know, a lot of times we take on the things that we want And we create a narrative that says God said we could have that. So we Mm -hmm. kind of say, okay, I really want to be married. So the word of God says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So we'll take that scripture. I want to be married. Boom. That means the Lord said he has a husband for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. But did he say that? (laughs) What did he actually say? And so I think we save ourselves a lot of trouble and heartache when we really seek God and we read our word and we really pray and get clarity on what his promises concerning us are. And then when all of that is done, you've gone through your process, you're starting to heal and feel better because healing is an ongoing process. Absolutely. You have to go get somebody else. And that's the part that's hard. Some people aren't comfortable sharing their tough time. And I, and I understand that. But other people need it. They need to hear, oh, okay, Whitney made it through that. Okay, cool. The same God that's in her is in me, which means if it's possible for her, it's possible for me. You have to be willing to share. So those are just some of the, the tips. And also, don't be afraid, depending on what your situation is. Therapy is a beautiful thing. It doesn't mean you don't trust God. It actually is quite the opposite. You know, it's that you're trusting God for your healing, however he chooses to heal you. Mm. You know? Yeah. You said a lot there. That that <laughs> was a lot. And I think one of the things that you said about submitting to the process, I feel like a lot of times that's what makes it take 
a longer time because sometimes we just don't want to submit to it. We don't want to sit with that pain. We don't want to sit with those emotions. Right. And so we kind of try to deny, avoid, distract, whatever it is that we can do to not submit to that process. So that's some really good advice because I think the sooner you submit to it, the sooner the healing can begin. Absolutely. And I always give this analogy but there are two ways to remove a Band-Aid. So you have people like me. I just ripped that joker off. <laughs> Get it off of me. And it hurts, right? That I mean, it stings really, really bad. You might lose some hair if you got hair on your arm or whatever. But it stings for a short amount of time and it's over. And then you have people that they peel the Band-Aid off. So it hurts less, but it takes longer. And so you have to make a decision of how you're going to approach what you're in. And, and the decision is what it's what you're comfortable with. There's no right or wrong for this. It's submitting to God and his process. But a lot of times, if we just rip that bandaid off and we just get in it, we will find that the, what we think is happening, God is already in control of, mm-hmm. but we got to get in it. Yeah. And I think just by you sharing that and sharing your story, it gives other people the courage and the um, comfort to know, okay, mm-hmm. If she went through it and got in it and came out on the other side, I can do it too. So, yeah, I think just like you said, as the body of Christ, we have to start talking about and sharing some of this in between stuff a little bit more. Absolutely. Now, you you kind of quoted um, one of the scriptures that I was going to go to, but I, I, I'll still go to it. And I don't know if you even remember the first time I remember meeting you. We were at a conference at Celebration Church. I'm not sure what conference it was, but we were all sitting in a classroom. And I think you and your husband, Steve, were probably a couple of rows ahead of me. Mm. And everything that came up, you guys had a lot of wisdom to share on it. And I just remember being impressed by this young couple because you were very young with all of this wisdom of, you know, around the things, the things of God and the things of Christ. And then fast forward here, here we are today with everything that you've gone through. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I have clients who are Christians and they believe in the promises of God, for instance, Psalms 37, four, take delight in the Lord and I will give you the desires of your heart. When that pain and that disappointment happens, it's difficult for them to reconcile because there's this promise that I've been believing in my whole life since I got saved. But yet there is this this situation that is surely not a desire of my heart. So how do you help people reconcile those two? So I think that the biggest thing is one, of course, I said before, acknowledging that you're disappointed. That's okay. God can take it. He can take it. But I think the other thing is looking at the total picture. You know, the enemy has a way of making us hyper focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if I judged my life by the fact that at 25, I became a widow, if that was what I led with. Right. And I said, oh, I'm a widow. I've been a widow since I was 25. I'm 34 now. I'll be 35 this year. So it's been a long time. <laughs> Someone might look at my life and say, wow, that is so sad. But if I led with the whole picture, the whole picture is, yes, that is one part of my life. But I'm also a mother to two beautiful children. I'm also a special education teacher and an adjunct professor. I've been blessed to be able to write 
books and have a publishing company. And I've been blessed just to be in my right mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I have survived suicide attempts. Like if I, if I tell you the whole story, right, we focus on that one thing. Right. So you can have all of these amazing things going, but because this one area of your life, you know, you're unfulfilled or you're not satisfied. We focus. We have to have eyes to see the total picture. Mm. We have to have, which is hard sometimes because sometimes that pain is deep or that thing that you want, you know, is, is deep. You know, I remember having a friend many years ago who really her and her husband were trying really, really hard to have a baby. They it's all they wanted. And it seemed like everybody we, we worked in the same place. And it was like people were just not even trying and getting pregnant. I mean, babies just mm-hmm. everywhere. <laughs> right. And it's like all you see is I want this thing so bad. And mm-hmm. and it can make you feel like God has forgotten you. But we don't see the other things that God has done. We don't see the doors that he's opened. And, you know, God is a he's a dot connector. So I always use the analogy of like, you know, the color, the uh, dot papers that we used to do as kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you can't color it until all the dots are connected. Right. Because you don't even know what it is most of the time. You don't even know what the thing you're drawing is. So so many of us are trying to get to the drawing stage and we haven't connected the dots. And we've got to just slow down a little bit. And we have to trust that God knows what he's doing. And I know, listen, I've been widowed for nine years. That's a very long time. It'll be nine years this year, rather. But it's a very, very long time. And probably out of those nine years, I've probably had the desire to love again for probably about five or six of them. Mm-hmm. So I get it when you're waiting and it's like, okay, God, when? Yeah. Okay, God, well, here's this situation. You know, the enemy also knows what you want. Mm-hmm. Please be very careful. He's going to send things that look like it. Or you may invite things because sometimes we try to help God. You know, and the part is, the heart of it is our trust. Do we mm-hmm. trust that he can do it? And do we trust that he will do it for us? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are struggling with one or the other, if not both. So for me, I know God can. I have seen God perform miracles. I have seen God turn situations. I've seen God work in my own life. My struggle is that I don't believe that he will mm-hmm. for me. I'll believe it for you. I could right. genuinely tell you, if you said today, my, my desire is to go outside and fly into the sky. That's what I want. I'm going to go outside, flap my hands and fly. I would literally encourage the mess out of you. Mm-hmm. I would pour so much in. You can do it and God is it. But do I believe that for myself? Yes. And so we fall somewhere in between the two. And that's what leads to the disappointment, right? Mm -hmm. Or we've heard the promise. We haven't submitted to the instructions. Yes. So when God tells, you know, if God tells me today, if I was to meet somebody at the gas station and he says, this person, you and this person are going to start a business together and you guys are going to be billionaires. You're going to have a multi-billion dollar company together. Well, I'm not going to walk up to that person and say, okay, let's go. Let's go start that business. No, there's things that have to take place. God's got to do some work in me to get me ready. God's Mm got to do some work in them to get them ready. And so until I submit to the instructions, we're trying to jump the process, right? I want to get married today, mm-hmm. but there are things that you need to learn to prepare in order to get married. So we have to sometimes slow down and say, okay, God, I know this is what you promised me. What are my instructions right now? 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to get ahead of you. I don't want to be behind you. I want to be right in alignment with your will. And I think a lot of times we we look as God, at God as transactional. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I prayed, you do. I prayed, you do. And it doesn't work. Yes, it doesn't work yes. that way. I wish it did. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You hit on a lot of a lot of good things in, in that response. Another thing that comes up, I see, though, is that we try to decipher God's will. Mm -hmm. And we know that we have free will, but the Bible also refers to God's good and perfect will for us. And so it's like being on this quest for the Holy Grail of being able to discern what God's good and perfect will is and wanting to have that concrete sign that we're dead smack in the middle of it. Yes. So. What are your thoughts on balancing that, that free will versus knowing whether or not we are in God's perfect will? This is a a recent lesson that I've been been learning, (laughs) so I got lots to say about it. Good. So so the, the big thing is, and a girlfriend of mine said this on my show about a month ago, and it really, it just really wrecked my world in a good way. She said, you need to understand that the permissive will of God and the perfect will of God are not the same. And when she said that, it hit me just and I I actually went and prayed after I'm like, Lord, break that down for me. And God gave me this analogy. So I'm a mother. Right. I have two boys. And in a perfect world, my children would never experience pain. Right. No parent wants their child to go through pain. Right. So I remember when my kids were little and I would tell them things to prevent pain from happening. So I would say, stop running around this house because you're going to trip and you're going to fall and you're going to hurt yourself. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say my perfect will is for them not to get hurt. Correct. Mm -hmm. But they have free will. Right. Mm -hmm. So they may make the choice to continue running around when I told them to stop doing that because they may fall. Right. So then what happens? They fall. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, as a parent, that wasn't in my perfect will for them. I didn't want that to happen. In fact, I gave them clear instructions, example, the Bible (laughs) of what to follow so that that doesn't happen. But now we're here, right now they have fallen and they have hurt themselves. Well, because I am their parent and I love them, I'm going to use this moment and it's going to work for their good. I'm going to take it. I could be like, that's what I told you. You should have been listening, (laughs) right? I bet you won't do it again. But guess what? They're kids. They may go and do it again, right? Right. They they may learn the lesson once. They may have to learn the lesson 20 times. They get it after the 20th time. So that's the permissive will of God versus the perfect will of God. The reality is we want God to kind of part the clouds and tell mm-hmm. us, I want, I want to have an executive meeting with God. If I'm being yep. super honest, I want to sit down with God. I want him to tell me the plan. I want him to, you know, allow me to give my thoughts on the plan. Right. Maybe right. the adjustments Input. I want to make on the plan. Of course, we're, we're a team, right? It's a collaboration, yeah. right? That's, that's what I want. Right. And many of us spend so much time because we're so afraid of doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. That we, you know, we just want to get it right. That's, you know, my people that have spirit of perfectionism. That's me. I just want to get it right. I just want it to be perfect. But it stops us from doing anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're so afraid. The reality is you have to know what you know and you got to move forward. And guess what? If it is in the perfect will of God, we'll bless God. If not, 
We serve a God that will leave the 99 to go and get the one. Like, yes, it's not, yes. I'm finally getting it. That yes. I don't have to be perfect. And not, I'm not dismissing the fact that you should always be seeking God for clarity. The things that God says are confirmed in his word. He also will send people to confirm, you know, his, like, I, of course you have to be in tune with him. I'm not saying go do whatever. I'm just saying we have to understand that we're going to make mistakes at times. It's inevitable. But we serve a God whose grace is sufficient for us and whose power is made perfect in our weakness. We serve a God that loves us enough that he'll take the slip up and use it for our good. He'll take when we, we pivoted to the wrong you know, direction, whether deliberate or not deliberate, and he'll get us back on track, but he'll also use it. So I think the key is just being still and asking God. Mm-hmm. God does not rush us. So if it feels rushed, it is not him. Mm-hmm. God doesn't operate in confusion. If it is yes. confusing, it is not him. Absolutely. I did not operate with lack of integrity. If it requires you to compromise who you are in any way, shape, or form, that is not God. You have to listen. You know, it's almost like, you know, you see on TV shows, they'll have the angel on one shoulder and the little devil on the other shoulder. You have to listen. You have to know the voice of God. You have to know the distinctive voice of God. I always share that, you know, I was named after Whitney Houston. <laughs> And Whitney Houston was known, is known as the voice. Mm -hmm. If you know who Whitney Houston is, when I said her name, you heard her voice, right? You're not listening to a song saying, is that Whitney Houston? No, you know when it's Whitney Houston and you know when it's not, right? So you have to know God to where you know his distinctive voice. You have to know him. You have to be in your word and you've got to be in that place where you're willing to slow down to hear from him. I'm at a point now that when I'm not sure, everything has to stop for a second. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I would press, you know, I always say I'm pressing my way through. I have a PhD in pressing, <laughs> but now I had to stop that because everything doesn't require a press. Mm-hmm. Everything doesn't. And sometimes we take, when we've dealt with trauma, we take the survival skills that God gave us for that season yes. and we acclimate them to our whole life. And that's Absolutely. how we live. And that's mm-hmm. not true. And so I have to slow down even now and say, okay, God, what did you say again? Because I think I might've gotten confused. Maybe I added a few things to what you said. Maybe I took some things away. Maybe I moved out of order. Let me go back. And you can tell because you're feeling uneasy. Mm-hmm. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling, you can tell when it's possible that this is not the perfect will of God because there's no peace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That peace and confusion thing, that is something that has been a great guide for me, just knowing that, you know, God is not the author of confusion. And so when stuff gets confusing, I leave it alone. <laughs> I'm like, yep. yeah, immediately. It's like, I need to stop. I need to check back in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So another thing, you know, you were talking before about how sometimes we don't feel like God will do it for us. And, and I, and that resonates with me too. You know, I will encourage you and believe God for you, but sometimes when it comes to me, it's like, eh, I'm not so sure. And along with that, I think sometimes we blame ourselves when God's will hurts. We blame ourselves because we think maybe we weren't obedient enough. Maybe we weren't good, good enough Christian, you know, and it might tie into that perfectionism, but what do you tell people who 
tend to blame themselves like okay obviously there was something that I did wrong because God's will is perfect and if it didn't happen for me it must be my fault oh that's real <laughs> that's a that's a heavy one well first the word of god says there is now no condemnation for yes. those that are in christ jesus so what well, we've got to keep the word in our hearts and on our lips you know my late husband had this saying that used to say he would say what's in you comes out of you when the pressure hits mm. so i can have all these cliche things to say but when i get caught off guard with something what's truly in my heart is going to be what comes out Right. Mm -hmm. So one is knowing the word of God Two, it's looking and asking for the perspective of God. Mm. I used to look at things like God was always doing something to me. Mm. God, you took my husband from me. You took my mother from me. You gave me a child with a disability. It was always about me. Right. Something happening to me, being taken from me. It was always about me. And I didn't see the whole picture. Mm. It's rarely just about us. There's a whole picture that's happening. Yes. The flip side of that is it could be, man, God, you protected me. See, we forget about the fact that there are more battles and more times that we've been in danger, that God has just moved us out the way and we don't even know about it than it is the times that we know. So we have to mm -hmm. remember the whole picture of like, dad, God, if this is what you allowed me to see, I can't even imagine the things that you said. Oh, no, not my daughter, yes. not my son. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm going to just move that out the way. <laughs> you know, we, we ain't even going there. I think we have to remember that. And we have to look at God has a bigger plan. If you look at the, the book of Job, which I have a love-hate relationship with Job. Mm -hmm. People always want to quote Job with, to you when you're going through something, right? And I, I don't know why, because it's, it's not comforting. <laughs> it's, not, it's not comforting at all. But, but one thing I love is in the beginning of the book of Job, the enemy's walking the earth. And God comes to him and says, have you considered my servant Job? You can do whatever to him. Just don't take his life. So the first thing we have to remember is that God is in control of all things. That automatically alleviates us. Out of, that takes us out of the picture. We're not even there yet, right? This is before Job is even brought into his own story. Right. God has already set the parameters around what he's going to allow. Okay. Not mm -hmm. only has he set the parameters around what he's going to allow, he also has set the people that he needs to see what he's about to do through you. Yes. So you have Job's friends, right? If you get further in Job, he loses everything. His friends are like, they're, they're battling, right? They're, they're trying to make sense of this. It all is a part of the bigger plan, which is to give him glory. Now that does nothing to make us feel good when we're in it, right? right? That's fact. Like I am so fine. You know, people say to me all the time, you're so strong. Listen, if losing my husband and my mother and having a child with disability and, and all the things that I've been through, depression and anxiety and suicide attempts, and if all of, I had to go through all of that to be considered strong, yeah. I'm okay with being weak. Right. <laughs> like you can right. call me weak. It's not. <laughs> right. But we take on the things that are not on us to take because it's not even about us. And that's the part that I think we get so messed up on myself included regularly. I have to constantly be reminded, this is not about me. God, help me to see the whole picture. And we're thinking, first of all, we don't have enough power to separate ourselves from the love of God. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. And you have to know who you serve, (laughs) right? You have to to know who God is. So if we're looking at God, sometimes we only see him as a disciplinary, right? So we think he's up there and he's like, "Mm, you did this and you did that. Kind of like how I am as a parent sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Or how I have been parented where we're like, you know, you come in the house and it's like, my kids may have cleaned up five things, but I'm going to notice the 87 things that are not clean. Right. right? And I'm like, right. and they're like, but, but I did this. Right. <laughs> We're the same way. Mm-hmm. Right? And we seem to think that the things we've done somehow one caught God by surprise and two, that he's now, you know, punishing us when one, he's omnipresent. So nothing catch. He knows the sin we're going to commit in 10 years that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. He, he already knows. Two, if we remember, he sent someone that took that charge for us. Yes. So we don't have to worry about that. Now, again, you can leave the blame. You can take responsibility for your actions. Now, that is a real part as well. And I think sometimes we get on one end of that or the other. We either only blame ourselves or we don't take any accountability. Now, we do have to look at our part in something when it as it applies. That doesn't apply to every situation. But we do have to look at that because our healing is our responsibility as well. But the blame, what does it change? Mm -hmm. Is that who you know God to be? Do you know God to be that person that is going tit for tat for you? Mm-hmm. That he's going to purposely take desires that he put in your heart. He made us, right? Do you think that he's that type of God that will put something in us so heavily and then kind of use our sin against us? Is that who we think he is? Is that who we've known him to be? I think sometimes we have to get go back to the job. Well, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, I think that we get so um, deep and, you know, we forget the basics of God. And sometimes we just have to go back to the just like a little kid. What do I know about God? Mm-hmm. What do I know about? Is that who he is? Because mm-hmm. if so, why would I want to serve somebody like that? Yep. And we also have to acknowledge the, the sad truth that we're not going to get everything we want. Mm-hmm. I wanted my husband to live. That was what I wanted. I wanted him to live. I wanted him to turn 31. I wanted to be able to have, our, you know, we were going to try to have a daughter. That was our, our dream. We wanted to do ministry together. We had a whole life yeah. that we wanted to live. That's what I wanted. My prayer was Lord heal him. My prayer was answered. He is healed. He yes. is eternally healed. It wasn't answered in the way that I wanted. Now, I did have moments at that time. like, maybe I didn't pray hard enough or maybe I didn't believe. Like, did I do? I don't have that power. Yeah. Sometimes we take on things that we don't have the power. We don't have the power. If we had the power, we wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. If we had the ability to save or to get certain things on our own, we wouldn't be here in the first place. So I think we have to remember who he is. Go back. And I mean, yes, read your word, but go to him directly. God, who are you? Show me who you are to me personally. Make it personal, right? Once you know who he is, you will recognize that anything that you have done or not done would never stop what he says is yours to have. Mm. That really is just 
gone straight to my heart. What you just said is just bringing up a lot of emotions. I'm not sure where they're coming from. I'll have to kind of sit with that um, (laughs) in a minute. But I mean, I know it's coming from God. But yeah, going back to the basics. I, I think that that is a great takeaway of of who God is and who God has been to us. Now, you are one busy lady. <laughs> you are <laughs> you are an, a special needs educator, and I believe an award winning one. You're a mom of two incredible boys, and as you mentioned, one with special needs. You're a radio host, an author. You own a publishing company. How do you do it? How do you balance it all? And and as a widow, like you've told us, you're a single mom. So you have to do this as a single mom. So please tell us your secrets. So the, the main secret is his grace is sufficient for me. And his power is made perfect in my we I will not dare try to take credit. Um, it is all him. But in being honest, too much is given, much is required. And so I think that God designs us for the things that he requires of us. Mm-hmm. So I have a friend who has six children. Her and her husband have six children. And I look at her mm-hmm. and she has a business as well. And I'm like, girl, how? And it's be and it's simply because that is how God designed her. Yes. So she looks at my situation and she's like, how? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So it's how God designed me. But the one thing I'm learning is that everything doesn't have to be done right now. So God has shown me, yes, when you say that out loud, it does sound like a lot. When you said it just now, I was like, oh yeah, that is a lot. (laughs) But everything is not happening all at at one time. I'm not doing all of those things all day. Well, I'm doing a lot of them every day, but not all of them every day. But I also think having help, you know, I have learned the power of asking for help. Um, I have learned the power of rescheduling things and when you know knowing my limits no I, I have a, I'm a person that can take a lot but just because I can doesn't mean I need to mm-hmm. and so I'm a person that's constantly when I say I'm constantly praying God lead me I just went through this with my best friend I have some people in my life that hold me accountable not that make me feel good not that tell me what I want to hear they tell me whatever God said for them to share, whether I like it or not. And so I literally yesterday was having a conversation with my best friend. And I was like, I have this, 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 and this that I want to do. These are things I really want to do, but I really think I need to fast and pray because I don't think God would give me those things for them not to be done. But knowing who I am as a person, I'm a goer, I'm a doer, Mm -hmm. I'm a go get it done. I can see myself hopping into these five things at once. And that's not what God said. So I constantly have to fast and pray and ask God, what are my priorities for, for today? Yeah. Literally day by day. Lord, what is it that you need me to accomplish today? Because I can, I'm a goal oriented person. I'm a, I like checking those things off my to-do list. That's mm-hmm. just who I am. And to be honest, it also not really healthy has become a coping mechanism for loneliness sometimes mm-hmm. being productive right yeah. I like getting stuff done I like doing things and so because of that now I'm taking that time to do the opposite to do nothing to sit or to say okay at this time tonight the laptops are getting closed 
They're going to be left in the basement. I'm going upstairs. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to do something with my kids. It's Tuesday. I like to watch This Is Us. I'm going to watch This Is Us tonight. You know, I, I literally, they're scheduled in my phone. Uh, some boundaries. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is setting boundaries and just learning that I'm not superwoman and I'm not God. And I need to slow myself down. My children have already lost a parent. So mm -hmm. I cannot take my life for granted trying to be here, there and everywhere and being everything to everybody. The other thing is I question my motives and my intent behind everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing this? Yeah. I just went through this about a year ago. I started a PhD in special education. Now, granted, could I have done it? Absolutely. Right. And I would have pressed myself because remember, that's what I do. Right. Mm -hmm. I would have pushed myself and it would have been done. It would have been done well. But I had to go back to the drawing book because something fell off. And God was like, I did not tell you to do that. <laughs> That's why right, <laughs> so, right. he's like, I get that that sounds like, and it looks like the next step you should take. But remember your life belongs to me. So you got to take the next step that I say, and they may have nothing to do with your career. And so I'm kind and when I say, this is my biggest point of, of sin is constantly looking at that, going to that drawing board and saying, God, did you say that? <laughs> did you tell me to do that or did you tell me to do that right now right or did right. you tell me to do that with these people because sometimes we'll just start connecting the dots so God says you know you're going to become a barber oh well my friend's a barber so that means I'm supposed to work with them and God's like right. actually no <laughs> you're going to meet a complete stranger that I'm going to use and that. but like it's constantly connecting with him and going back mm -hmm. to the drawing board often it is something I have to do often because my ministry first is my home. And mm -hmm. I have to remember that, that my children and me as an individual, not Whitney, the mom and all the other things I'm to other people, just me. I need to make sure that I'm being fed and I'm pouring from a full cup. I'm pouring from the overflow and not becoming depleted. So it's constant checking with God. It's getting resources. It's prioritizing what needs to be done. The world's not going to end if the lawn looks. And I have a bag of a laundry bin that the clothes are clean and they've been clean since yesterday. And maybe they'll get folded today and maybe they won't. Right. And years ago, I would have pushed myself mm -hmm. to the point of exhaustion or even being sick to get everything done. Now I'm learning to be gracious with myself. Yeah. I'm human. It's a pandemic. I, I, I need God does not need your perfection. He needs your submission. Yeah. So I'm constantly checking my heart. Yeah. And and that that kind of sums it up right there. Just constantly checking in with God and checking your heart. So that that rolls in the intentions because sometimes just like you said there's an intent behind it that if we really look at it, okay, well maybe I'm pushing myself because I'm really trying to make up for the fact that I'm lonely or maybe I'm pushing myself mm -hmm. for some other reason and then just address Approval. that intent. Yeah, approval. Mm -hmm. You need that validation. I know that's a big one for me is trying mm -hmm. to get that validation yeah. through doing these things. And then I, I look at it and I'm like, why am I driving myself crazy doing this for people who don't even appreciate it, who are not going to give me that validation that I don't even need their validation. And then right. I'm able to like step back. So yeah, I always so that, say it's the why behind the what. Mm. What are you doing and why? Yes. That tells you a lot. So much wisdom. <laughs> Thank now, you. Now, you're welcome. 
I also just wanted to ask you about your radio show. She heals radio show. How did you get started with it? What topics do you cover and how can we tune into that? Awesome. So I have been doing that show since July of 2018. So we are coming up on be three years this summer. I, um, yeah, time is flying. (laughs) I entered, I was a guest on another show on awesome guy radio. That's where the show is. And the Lord just put on my heart that you have something to say (laughs) and I'm giving you a platform to say it. And I was offered a show at another station, um, but the station just was too far away from my house and I just couldn't make it work. And God brought back to my memory, my my memory rather awesome guy radio. And so long story short, I connected with the owner AJ and two weeks before that I was driving in the car and I was asking my children, I always check in with my boys. And I asked my older son who was 11 turning 12 at the time, I said, is there anything you're interested in? And he was like, I'm kind of interested in multimedia. And I was like, Oh, we can, you know, you can join the multimedia ministry at church. And I vaguely mentioned that when I was talking to AJ about my show and he said, Oh no, 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 no. It's going to come every week. So my son at age 11 interned at the station. He was supposed to intern for a year. He ended up interning for six months and he's been the sole producer of my show since. So even through being obedient and stepping out and doing something new, God opened a door for my son that I didn't even know was there. So there's something to be said when God tells you to do something, to just do it. So my show, the She Heals Radio Show, we talk about everything. It is real, raw, transparent conversation. It's, you know, just about our walk with God, the reality of it, mm-hmm. not the, not the perfection, not the Sunday, you know, best, you know, it's the everyday mm-hmm. real. And it's every Friday from six to 7 PM Eastern standard time. You can download the awesome God radio app. You can uh, subscribe to my YouTube page, which is just my name, Whitney Hogan's, or you can, um, you can look at my Twitter page, which is also Whitney Hogan's. Those are the ways that you can see the show. Wonderful. Now, I know I was listening, watching, actually, because you, you your show is visual. Yes, it is. And I heard you talking about dating and yes. what what that's like as a, a widow, a, as a parent, as a mom. So just share with me and my listeners your thoughts about dating and some of your experiences, even if you have a funny story. Oh, phew. Lord, <laughs> you know, you can't be popping in every area of your life. Right? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It is. It is so crazy. So I was married at 22. So let me just say that I was married at 22 and became a widow at 25. So my experience with dating, I didn't have any experience aside from my husband, you know, of course, dating as a teenager, but that's different. So <laughs> when I was in a position to, to want to date, and first, let me say, if there's anyone that's listening, that is a young widow, you owe nobody nothing. If you honored your spouse, the, uh, you know, we take our vows, it says until death do us part. So do not think that you have to honor them for the rest of your life by being by yourself. What you do for someone when they are living is for them. What you do when they die is for you or for show. <laughs> so I, I can be fully honoring my husband, my late husband, Stephen, but I am fully alive and breathing and well and able to live my life as well, which is what he would want. But even if he did it, it is still my right to do that. So first I had to say that because so, people, especially people in church will have, you know, will judge widows, which is ridiculous. It but is anyway, ridiculous. Um, I just think that you have to know who you are and to whom you belong. And you have to be willing not to settle. And it is hard. 
you know, I don't know what it's like to not be married. You know, I have people in my life that they they're just they want to be married. They've never been married before. I don't know what that's like. But to lose your person is hard. You have to get healing. You have to heal from those past relationships. You got to heal from the disappointment. But you also mm-hmm. have to take a good look at yourself. And, you know, we so all the time. We're like, Lord, send me my husband. Well, my prayer had to change. Lord, prepare me to be a wife. Mm-hmm. It's, it's two sides to that thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So am I prepared? You know, I've been by myself for a long time. I am the boss at my house. Okay. Mm-hmm. I run the show. I don't have to answer to nobody, you know, other than God, you know, am I prepared to have a husband to come and take the lead as the word says, you know, I'm kind of bossy. <laughs> and I kind of like being in control. I mean, I'm just being honest. What are my flaws? Yes. I have amazing qualities that I'm bringing to the table, but what are my flaws? What do I need to work on? You know? And so it's knowing who you are. It's knowing your non-negotiables. And this is the mm-hmm. part that's hard, you know, as a, you know, with my, <clears throat> excuse me, my late husband, we were celibate until we got married, which is hard, mm-hmm. but it, we had a, such a strong foundation in our marriage that even his illness didn't take away from the quality of our marriage down to the last day. So I learned that how your foundation matters and it's yeah. hard because many people do not live like that right now. Mm-hmm. So that automatically puts you, you know, in a different spot. You know, me being a mother, having sons at that, how my sons view women and treat women will be largely in part to me. So, no, I'm not having this man here this week and next week. I'm just not that type of person. I don't even have that type of time. So it's <laughs> knowing those things. Right. You know, I have a child with a disability. Like there's this this walk. This life is not for any old body. Yeah. You're going to have to be a man that knows God and you're going to have to be a man that God sent to be able to fully embrace our unique world. Right. So you mm-hmm. have to wait on God. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Yeah. You have to submit to his selection. You have to submit to his timing. You have to submit to his process. But at the same time, you're human. You got to live too. And so you may go on dates. I know I used to be like, I'm not, if this is not my husband, I don't want to be bothered. But that actually doesn't work because mm-hmm. that will sometimes use situations that you've been in to teach you certain things. Yes. So that you can then prepare for that person or to teach the other person something. Absolutely. You know, I recently, you know, was dating someone for a few months. Great person, but just not the person that God said for me. And I, you know, I was looking at those, those things I liked. Oh, they got this, 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 this is great. And there were a couple things over here and I was like, eh. you know, but God was like, okay, but I told you what my promise for you was concerning a husband. Mm-hmm. I gave you some specifics. Do they line up? Does what you see align with what I said? Mm-hmm. And it's not a negative thing to the other person. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's nothing like that. It's simply, you have to know what God said to you. Yeah. And you have to look when someone's coming. Okay. Do they align up with what God said? And if they don't, they don't. Yeah. They're not going to magically align. God is a very, he's very simple. His yes is his yes. And his no is his no. So we can go through trying to change a no to a yes. We can try it and we can, you know, I've done it plenty of times. Oh God, you ain't mean that. Oh God, you owe me. I used to think that he owed me because of, you know, he took my husband and I felt entitled to to only go right back to again. His yes is his yes. His Mm -hmm. no is his no. 
You've got to submit to him. And you have to have people in your life that will hold you accountable. You have to have people in your life that see what you don't see. Those blind spots. You got to have those people that's like, hold up. Mm-mm. I need you to pay attention to this and this yeah. and this. You know, hold up. Is this person bringing you closer to God or taking you away from God? Mm. You know, it's, it's those things that hold on. Like, okay, so God said that, but. You know, I, my friends, my family, like I said, we, I believe mm-hmm. in accountability. I tell yes. myself when I've d- done something wrong, like I, I'm that, you know, invested in wanting to be who God called me to be. So it's looking and saying, okay, God, is this the person you can't ignore the red flags, right. the red for a reason. Okay. That you can't ignore them. You've got to be willing to pursue God at all costs and you have to trust him. So when he says no, trusted but on the flip side of that don't reject when he says yes sometimes we hear no so much and we're so used to the worst case scenario that when the best case scenario comes we reject it because it feels so you know uncomfortable so -hmm. you have to make sure that you know god but god tells you and the and the reality is we know yeah we, we can cut we can cut that game out we know when we meet someone they say something they do something and you're like mm. Like we know, but we want to work through it. Everybody, you know, we say those things. Everybody, nobody's perfect. Everybody got flaws. I have flaws too. But we have to just know because time is a gift and who you attach yourself to matters. Absolutely. That is a wonderful, a wonderful way for us to wrap up the interview because uh, I think we can all think about that and think about those times when we knew and we did the opposite <laughs> and and how we had to, you know, suffer through the consequences of those decisions. So, but I think I appreciate, right yeah, I appreciate you being so transparent. We touched on oh, a lot <laughs> in this short period of time. Thank and you, I know you, you mentioned, uh, you are so welcome. You mentioned uh, how to get in contact with you, but I would love for you to just tell us again what all of your, sure. your website is and all of that. Absolutely. So my website is shehealspublishing.com. Um, from there, you can get all my social media handles, Instagram. I have She Heals by Whitney J. That's my business Instagram. My personal is this is Whitney J. Facebook, Whitney J. Hogan's. Twitter, Whitney Hogan's. LinkedIn, Whitney Hogan's. So all of them are pretty much the same. My YouTube page, please subscribe. That's also Whitney Hogan's. But you can find all those things through SheHealsPublishing.com. You can reach me directly through there as well. You can grab the book there. Everything you need is there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks for conquering those limiting beliefs on another episode of the SOAR podcast. If you want to reach out to my guest, just check out the show notes and all of the contact information is there. If you want more information about Stephanie Brown Coaching, go to www.stephaniebrowncoaching.com. And I'm sure you're already following the SOAR podcast Instagram page. But if not, just go to IG and type in Sisters Overcoming and Rising, all one word. Goodbye for now. 